here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Robin McCarron. Hashtag authority. Hashtag Steph Bouncy. Hashtag Smackdown 15. Jeff Hawkins. You done digging that hole? You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. Dance on your grave, dirt sheet writer. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Shake Them Ropes. It is September 1st, 2015. Rob McCarron here alongside Jeff Hawkins. Quite a bit to get to today, and in a change of pace... Since Jeff Hawkins went to PWG's Battle of Los Angeles this weekend, we are going to get his live perspective from that show, and we're going to tie it back to WWE, and there are plenty of ways to do that. We're also going to talk about the big hits from Raw this week, anything worth talking about, and a question about Samoa Joe that we'll get to in a little bit. But first, Jeff, how are you today? I I have finally recovered. I have taken a nap, um, and... You know, I wasn't arrested for third-degree murder or fired due to pictures on my Instagram. I'm doing all right. Yeah, it's been a crazy news week for WWE. I mean, it was a crazy day yesterday, and then all of a sudden we get more today. Uh, There's a lot going on. Most most of it, I think all of it actually, pretty negative. Mm -hmm. But before we get into everything WWE. Yes. I want to ask you about the Battle of Los Angeles. Yes, I survived all three days of the Battle of Los Angeles. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in mm-hmm. Reseda, California. Mm-hmm. All three days of Bola going up against the big Cubs-Dodgers series, <laughs> in which a no-hitter was thrown on Sunday. Look, nobody's listening to this for baseball, so let's... No yeah. baseball talk, no hockey talk. <laughs> football season's coming up, maybe we can talk some football but no. PWG Battle of Los Angeles, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you got your tickets going in. Mm-hmm. There were no tickets sold, as far as I know, at the show. So everyone who went had to get their tickets early. Uh, we'll go through the days. We'll go through the results so everyone knows. And the reason why we're talking about this is not just because Jeff went there, but there are a lot of former WWE names. There are a lot of mm-hmm. future WWE names that were on this show. So we're going to go through the results, get your uh, your topics your thoughts about each night and the overall scheme of things who impressed and who didn't so we're going to go through that if you would like to ask jeff questions about his bola experience you can hit us up on the voices of wrestling forums or crap game 13 on twitter the -hmm. show is at shake them ropes we are of course coming to you from voices of wrestling.com bola let's go through night one all right the the day that set the stage for this tournament here uh so it's a 24-man tournament for those who are unaware it's a promotion in Reseda, California. They run mm-hmm. once every two or three months. Mm-hmm. And this is their biggest show. A trio of shows, really. But it's their biggest weekend every year. Mm-hmm. The Battle of yeah. Los Angeles. 24 men. The final is a three-way. We have prelims on night one and two. And the finals on night three. The first night. 
Well, let me set some stage here because there are people who watch PWG on DVD. Yep. That most people, in fact. Yes. <laughs> Only 400 get to see these shows live. <laughs> Jeff was one of 400 people that got to see the show live. Everyone will see okay. it on DVD in about three to four weeks when it comes out. Maybe they'll surprise us and release it in two, but we'll see. Right. I think the thing that is lost most of all on DVD or when you watch it on video with or without commentary is the intimacy of the American Legion Hall. And especially in terms of sound, in terms of hearing people from the audience being able to interplay with people in the ring and vice versa, and also the way that the wrestlers verbally interact with each other in the ring. And I think you lose a little bit of the magic in in that. But that being said, overall you get the experience of it. It's just, I, I wish they'd kind of mic that for the video mm-hmm. so that, you know, as opposed to the hard camera that's on the stage doing it and the occasional up-close camera that they intercut there. Uh, you you miss a lot of it, in my opinion, watching it on video. So if you get a chance to come out here and you're a fan of these wrestlers, uh, it, it's it's a must-see. And even me, who's not the most hardcore fan of most of these guys, uh, still a very, very fun weekend and a very fun tournament. We start with what the DVD viewers will see first. When they first pop in this DVD, the first thing they will see is the Lucha Underground ring announcer. Melissa Santos. Melissa Santos appearing on just night one, though, was it? Yes. Yeah, just night one. Melissa Santos from Lucha Underground. And the first thing you will hear, aside from the obvious intro of One Excalibur, will be the smooth tones of Dustin, Chuck Taylor. Yes, Chucky T. As Excalibur said, it's a bola miracle coming in to do the color commentary. So, um, And he got a rousing ovation and a few applauses throughout the weekend for uh, various things that we'll get into. But yes, uh, Melissa Santos, everything she's advertised to be. Let's put it that way. Uh, We start with the tournament matches. There were six tournament matches on night one, mm -hmm. six tournament matches on night two, and then the remainder of the tournament on night three. Brian Cage, former WWE developmental talent, defeated Aerostar. Biff Busick, future WWE talent, defeated Andrew Everett. Will Ospreay defeated Mark Andrews, both coming from the UK. Trevor Lee defeated New Japan's Beretta, Trent in PWG, Mm -hmm. former WWE talent. Pentagon Jr. defeated Drago. Matt Seidel, formerly Evan Bourne, defeated Phoenix. Those were your tournament matches. Anything stand out from the tournament matches on day one? Um, Quite a bit. One of the problems here... Uh, on night one where the ropes were a bit loose, so the luchadors had a really hard, hard time. The Aerostar-Brian Cage match is is a bit of a mess. Um, it, it wasn't everything it could have been, I think, if the ropes were a bit tighter. And it's obvious the guys weren't used to working uh, that, that kind of ring. So that, that, that was a bit clunky. Um, overall, and, and the other thing, as, as has been mentioned elsewhere, is it was the night of reverse Rana's. Um, unfortunately, the only one who really hit one was in the last tournament match of the night, which was the Seidel Phoenix match, which was pretty darn amazing. Uh, the, the other one I really, really liked was, uh, Will Ospreay versus Mark Andrews. Uh, both these guys were great in this match. There were a ton of reversals into high impact spots. Uh, 
Andrews Osprey might have been if it weren't for if I had only gone to the first two nights, it might have been my favorite match of the night. Um, the the Busick the end of the Busick match is is great as well in terms of the uh, series of of moves because it includes uh, Everett doing a a shooting star press off the ropes into a European uppercut by Busick into into a back suplex into a clothesline which was great uh, and uh, Pentagon Junior is just a presence in person a scary presence. Uh, especially when he's out of the ring and throwing guys into crowds and coming at you. <laughs> very, very intimidating, very scary uh, with the contacts and the, and the makeup and whatnot. And he and Phoenix, or not he and Phoenix, he and Drago had a really, really good match for, you know, all all the problems with, or possible problems with the ring. They they tried to fix it after the Aerostar match. They tightened the ropes and whatnot. But uh, overall, th- those were my thoughts from the tournament matches. The non-tournament matches, Jack Evans and Angelico of AAA defeated Rich, Sra- or Rich Swan, excuse me, mm-hmm. and Ricochet. Rich Swan, future WWE talent, and Ricochet. I did not know that. Rich Swan is last night. His last nights here in PWG, starting up with the Fed. Going so down to NXT. So Evans and Alico um, versus the Inner City Machine Guns. Fun match. The the <laughs> starts out with about ten minutes of comedy, including a break dancing contest between Evans, Ricochet, and Rich Swan, which is a lot of fun. Uh, I, I really enjoyed this match. I enjoyed Evans and Alico in this. It might have this might have been Angelico's best match. Um, of the tournament was this tag team match and and jack evans we'll get into later but he is a prince among men Uh, did you mention the other non-tournament match? the main event Mm. mount rushmore 2.0 roderick strong and the young bucks defeated euro trash euro trash which was just announced at the yeah (laughs) tommy n zach saber jr and marty skrull you have the young bucks and roderick strong winning the the story of the weekend with Mount Rushmore 2.0, aside from them just running roughshod over everybody, was questions about Super Dragon. And we might get into that in a little bit at uh, night two as Super Dragon finally returned in the ring on night two. But what did you think about the first night's main event, Rushmore 2.0 and Euro Trash? My favorite match of the weekend, bar none. This match was great. I love Marty Skrull. Um, he, he is phenomenal. And I'm not saying that cause he spent two minutes sitting on my lap in the front row. Um, just a really, really great match. Uh, I, I realized something about the bucks watching them is, is it's almost, they do meta wrestling, which is yeah. they're pro wrestlers who are aware they are in a professional wrestling match. Yep. Uh, they, they, they have an homage in this match to the undertaker Brock Lesnar SummerSlam spot where the laugh which is highly, highly entertaining. Um, I, I really like the end of this match. Uh, I'm going to spoil it here. But are, there, there was a transition here where... We're, we're giving away results, Jeff. I uh, mean, the I'll, event happened. We're doing a live review yeah, of the show. You know, can spoil I, everything. Okay, good. I, I worry sometimes that people were complaining at other places. But uh, it's like a 450 from uh, Matt Jackson, which Skrull then turns into a chicken wing which then turns into um, a swanton from from uh, Nick, which then eventually turns into a 
double Meltzer driver, which took out End and Skrull. And then there was a nice little hope spot, and I'm glad they didn't go through with it, but a three-on-one between Roddy, who is, again, possibly the best heel in the business right now, and the Young Bucks, where they do a double super kick with a jumping knee from Roddy, and then Roddy won with the end of heartache. But just a, a, a great, great match from all six guys. Tommy End was great in this, too. I don't want to shade him at all because he is just he is a beast in the ring. But uh, this was my first time seeing Skrull, and uh, I love the guy. He's such a great throwback type of wrestler. Um, and and Zach was Zach was great too as as a white meat babyface in this match. It, it just it just all clicked here. Um, and of course the Young Bucks are are phenomenal. So my favorite match of the three nights was this first main event. Yeah, the Young Bucks are quite great. So that was night one. How mm-hmm. tired were you after night one? Uh, night one, I was okay. I had pull, I pulled an all nighter uh, because I those who don't know I I work a weird shift. So the, the night ended. The thing about PWG is the bell time says something, and then it starts about an hour later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the bell time is best case scenario, really. Is well, it, it's 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 a guideline, but yeah. uh, it started show started around I believe nine thirty, and we got out about one thirty. I got home about two, which was about twenty four hours, and then I recorded some audio that we just decided not to use, and uh, slept all day Saturday. But I survived this one. This was fine. I was fine here. So night one on a scale of one to ten afterwards, you would say about a seven or eight? How I felt or how or, you, fe- or how you felt after matches. night one, not about the matches, but how you physically felt after night one. I'd say an eight. All right. Eight for night one. Keep <laughs> Thank, you for care. Thank you for caring. <laughs> I, I do care. I, I care about the health mm-hmm. of my co host. Yes. Night two of the Battle of Los Angeles. The tournament matches. We had Marty Skrull defeating Rich Swan. Jack Evans defeating Angelico, so tag team partners going up against each other. Chris Hero defeating Timothy Thatcher. Tommy End defeating Drew Gulak. And to uh, combo the Drews here, we had Mike Bailey defeating Drew Galloway, formerly Drew McIntyre. And Zack Sabre Jr. defeated Ricochet. Your night two tournament matches. Jeff, thoughts? Uh, I really, there are three matches on, on, on the tournament that I really liked here. Uh, I, I really loved the Hero Thatcher match. It was a great, great brawl. Uh, just rough stuff, almost you know New Japan esque here, in terms of like headbutts and forearm shivers and and, and whatnot. Uh, the the uh, oh, where is it? <laughs> Sorry, I lost my place. The uh, the the Speedball Mike Bailey Drew Galloway match over delivered. Drew Galloway was great in this match is just a big you know it's a it's a david and goliath match of course yeah and 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 mike speedball bailey is endlessly entertaining to me uh but but drew galloway really really brought something to the to this match and 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 the uh and the ending is is, is just great going from that kind of even flow ddt that drew does i don't know the name of it into a roll-up it, it was it was fantastic and then What's the third match I really liked here? I liked Skrull's match a lot. Hero and Thatcher is getting pretty I good I said Hero reviews. Thatcher, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, Tommy End. I oh, liked Tommy, Tommy End in his match. I, well, I liked him in that. I'm not a big Drew Gulak fan, per se, but Tommy End was really good in, in his match. Uh, the Zack Sabre Jr. versus Ricochet match. Mm-hmm. I'm going to preface this a bit. I I like what Zack Sabre Jr. does. 
I, I thought his match with Kyle O'Reilly in last year's Bola, it made my top 10. The, the issue I have a little bit with Zack Sabre Jr. is that you always have to kind of wrestle the Zack Sabre Jr. match with him. So if you get conflicting styles, it's always going to be you're working his style as opposed to kind of melding the two of some way. And I also have a little bit of an aesthetic acting thing with, with Zack Sabre Jr. in that he... I think he needs... There, there are two things he does during his matches. Number one, he's very, very... He plays kind of this clever, cocky baby face in that he's outsmarting people time after time after time. But the longer the match goes on, it makes it seem like he's a heel to me. <laughs> and the other thing is when he's on the ground selling, I wish he'd sell a little bit more as opposed to he kind of just is taking a moment and he's not really selling. So that kind of takes me out of his matches. I liked the Zack Sabre Jr. Ricochet match. I think I was probably setting the bar a bit too high on what I was going to see in it, but he was very, very good at it. Um, the Evans and Helico match. Uh, I, I've heard reports that there wasn't really a quote-unquote bad match in the bunch. If there were, it was this match, mostly because it was comedy. Um, really? I wouldn't have expected that. Well, are, are you being sarcastic or no? No, I wouldn't have expected. Okay. I wouldn't have expected these two guys to do comedy at this point in the show. But I guess what were they? They were uh, the third, the second match of the night. So second I second su- match of the night. I suppose and, that's the spot where you would do it if you were going to do it. Yeah, and Skrull was great in his match. I don't mean to shade him at all. Right. Mar- Marty Skrull was but great I, in his match. But we're Evans, talking Evans yeah. and Angel and Angelica. Why would uh, I mean? I don't know. I'm not as familiar with them as a tag team. In Mexico, I'm familiar uh-huh. with Evans from all his U.S. stuff. Uh, is there a reason why I would have been sarcastic? Are they a comedy team, and I'm just unaware? I I thought you might have known more than I do a bit about what they do in AAA or or about Jack Evans, uh, because Jack yeah, Evans was was think... a comedy figure most of the weekend. Oh, okay. Well, no, I didn't. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't have guessed that actually. I maybe okay. I, maybe I'm completely mistaken, but I wouldn't have guessed Jack Evans to be a comedy guy going into this show. So that's interesting to me. Yeah, well, I mean, you'd have the breakdancing night one. This one, uh, it, I expect the, actual, I expect the, the act- breakdancing. Yeah, the actual match part, it just wasn't clicking. They they started out with the with the tag team partners who didn't want to fight each other necessarily, but but Evans is it cuts this great promo on the audience, um, you know, making us heal on him. During the course of the match, he grabs a drink. And he and then he does drunken master working, which really popped the crowd. But you know it's a comedy spot. And then all you have to know is he won with a Karate Kid style crane kick for the pin. Okay. So it was it was pretty much a comedy match. But even during the course of the match, it just, they weren't clicking with each other in terms of their moves. And and you know what? I can excuse that, number one, because the entire weekend was great. Number two, they probably don't work against each other all that much. So, of, of course, it's going to be. But I think I was expecting, I think, I, again, this is one of those where I set the bar a little bit too high in terms of what I want to see. I'm not a regular watcher of, say, Lucha Underground. But, you know, I had heard all this about him, and I really wanted to see Angelico do a lot more, I think, uh, over the course of the weekend, and and I think I was a bit disappointed by this match. The karate crane kick, of course, because Karate Kid was filmed and takes place in Reseda. Yeah, and you'd think that a guy with a Karate Kid gimmick in a tournament in Reseda. <laughs> but uh, but no, Mike Speedball Bailey and, and Drew Galloway was really... 
overperform. I'm really looking forward to seeing. I love that match. I'm looking forward to see the Drew Galloway and and everything match. Everything that Drew Galloway was involved with, I'm interested in seeing because Galloway. Yeah, night three, he was fantastic. Yeah, and we'll talk about night three here, but I just think like Drew McIntyre was severely underused in WWE, and this is a guy that really should be writing his own ticket in wrestling because he's got the size, he's got the look. He's is big. I mean, big dude. People don't understand. Oh, and it, I mean, I was front row, and he and he walked by, and I'm, you know, I'm five ten, five eleven. He's at least six five, six six. He's a very I, tall guy who looked really tall on WWE TV. I think the problem was he was a little skinnier than some other guys kind of look. Um, but yeah, I mean, the guy's got size, and on the indie scene, it's even more prevalent because he's just bigger than everybody. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing that. And but, and I feel bad, you know, Chris Hero. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm shading him, but he was absolutely fantastic in that match with Thatcher. And Thatcher has the best mean guy face in the business. It's it's <laughs> funny because you think you're shading because you're not praising everyone. I mean, there's 24 right. guys who are all yeah. awesome. And that and that's the thing is it's probably it's just you know if I don't get to someone and tell them I tell you I love them, it's because there's just so much. It's like a buffet. And you even feel like a buffet afterwards. It's like, man, that was a lot of wrestling. <laughs> I know. I love I love every single guy in this tournament except Mike Bailey. Uh, we go to the non-tournament oh, matches. I'm the same way about Zack Sabre, so we'll continue. Phoenix and Aerostar taking on Pentagon Jr. and Drago. Phoenix and Aerostar got the win. And your main event was a Guerrilla Warfare weapons match. Mount Rushmore 2.0, Super Dragon, and the Young Bucks defeating Biff Busick Andrew Everett and Trevor Lee. I assume this was madness. I assume it was crazy. A lot of people talking about Super Dragon possibly suffering an injury. That wasn't until night three. Oh, the Super Dragon injury was night three. Okay, we'll get night to that three. then. Well, as for the craziness of this match, Jeff, take it away. Oh, you have no idea because you are in a crowded small building and. Guys are shoving people in the crowd to get to weapons and your chair and (laughs) throwing guys into the crowd and Super Dragon just doesn't care. And that dude is intimidating in person. Trust me on this. It was all the madness you could imagine. There is a true sense of dread in the audience during a guerrilla warfare match uh, involving (laughs) involving the Super Super Dragon involving the Super Bucks, involving Super Dragon, involving Trevor Lee, who's a madman, Andrew Everett's a madman diving all over the place. Um, it, uh, yeah, it it was something, man. I, 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 it has to be experienced to be believed. And then, um, in the aftermath, uh, of course, Excalibur and Chris Hero both get uh, beaten down. By Mount, by the three members of Mount Rushmore 2.0 that were there that night, because uh, Roddy Strong had flown out for a show in Georgia. Yeah, he was in Ring of Honor on Saturday. Yeah, and uh, so they were working. They, 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 you know, Excalibur, you know, bids us good night, and then Dragon and the Bucks come out and beat on him a bit, and you know, put him through a chair. And of course, there's the oh, I forgot the the uh, <laughs> the shoes with thumbtacks came into play. Of course. Ugh. Those are, uh, were up, up close. Those are interesting. Were you at <laughs> the guerrilla warfare match between the Bucks and, uh, Candice LeRae and Joey? I PWG 11 last year. I 
think no i i watched it though okay. i don't believe i was i might have been i can't it's all a blur well that'll be <laughs> that'll be the part that i'm looking forward to to see exactly how crazy compared to that match because mm-hmm. we had guerrilla warfare um, we had we had uh kyle o'reilly and roderick strong which was somewhat crazy but it wasn't a mess i mean when you get these multi-man you know weapons matches inside that small building and add in super dragon going nuts yeah, I can only imagine how crazy it was. Uh, the the thing that differentiates this from the Candice LeRae Joey Ryan match was the there was there was no blood uh, in it at all. Oh wow! Oh. Uh, yeah, which which is shocking for the amount of thumbtacks and stuff that you saw. It is a little um, shocking. And and music's a great brawler too. Uh, he's the one guy I haven't mentioned yet in this whole thing. Uh, he he was uh, he was going nuts as well. Everybody was just going insane in this match. And then the lucha tag. Uh, great tag match. And you, I mean, and they all work with one another. So you'd expect nothing less. And, and, and Pentagon just chopped the hell out of people. And that, 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 this whole weekend was a night of chops. Busick can chop the crap out of people. Hero chops the crap out of people. And Pentagon Jr. craps, chops the crap out of people. I mean, it, and it, and it rings and it, oof, it just sounds like it hurts. Probably craps the chops out of people, too. Yes, and Tommy Tommy End as well. Yep, man. All right, so after night two, on the Jeff Hawkins health scale, one to ten, we had night eight for night one, or excuse me, an eight for night one. How about on night two? Uh, I was a little lower because I was a six, but in retrospect, that's also because I only got four hours of sleep because we got out at one and I had to be up at five to go volunteer at uh, at my place of worship on Sunday. <laughs> so, so I was... Uh, I was dragging going into day three. All right. So an eight after night one, a six after night two. I'm sensing (laughs) a trend. We'll see here. Yeah. I'm sensing it. Night three, the Battle of Los Angeles. So we got done with the prelim matches. We're into the true tournament now. Mm -hmm. Jack Evans defeated Brian Cage. Chris Hero defeated Biff Busick. Marty Skrull defeated Trevor Lee. Zack Sabre Jr. defeated Pentagon Jr. I know when uh, that match started heating up on Twitter, like that was actually happening. There are a lot of people going nuts about Zack Sabre and Pentagon Jr. So I can only imagine how it was in the building, and we'll get your take Mm -hmm. on that. Mike Bailey defeated Tommy End. Will Ospreay defeated Matt Seidel in the the first round of this night. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on those matches. Any surprises with the results? When you uh, when you first saw these matches take place, because I understand there are no brackets, correct? Like you don't know what matches are happening on day right. three. Right, you don't. It's yeah, so surprise. you go in, you're just looking for the entrance music. You're seeing the guys come in and be like, "Oh shit!" And after every match starts happening, you're like, "Okay, who's left? Who can be paired up with each other?" So I know when Mike Bailey and Tommy N came out, people were all like hype for Will Osprey and Matt Seidel because that's a match that mm-hmm. happened overseas that a lot of people were hoping would come here this weekend. Uh, but your takeaway from what was officially the second round of the tournament, the opening of this night. Uh, some, some great, great, great matches here. Uh, the Osprey Seidel match was phenomenal. Uh, the, 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 the speedball Mike Bailey, Tommy end match was a great, another great David and Goliath fight, man. And there's something about Bailey when he's getting fired up that gets everybody excited. And it was, it was pretty darn awesome. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Skrull Trevor Lee was was solid, and and Marty Skrull just continued to grow on me. I I found the Zack Saber Pentagon Junior match for the internet hype, and of course the hype of you know these two big time personalities. 
it was Pentagon doing a Zack Sabre Jr. match. And it was still good and fun. I think I was, again, I think I expected a little bit more, but, you know, Pentagon, of course, just beat the heck out of uh, Zack Sabre Jr.'s chest. I I enjoyed that match. Uh, (laughs) Chris Hero and Busick was a great, another great brawl and ended with a middle rope pile driver, which, which is awesome for me, mostly, you know, from a fantasy wrestling perspective, that was always my finishing maneuver. I'd never seen it live other than Terry Funk doing one. So that was kind of cool. And then (laughs) the first match out, man, Jack Evans and Brian Cage. And Jack Evans comes out (laughs) to this odd music. And he gets on the mic and he tears down everybody in the house. And he tears down Brian Cage as, as a weightlifting bodybuilding geek. And of course, he just gets he gets destroyed by Brian Cage for about ninety percent of the match, like a rag doll getting thrown all over the place. And it starts out with the end of the Aerostar Cage match, where he catches him in a suplex, and then Evan slides down and gets a uh, schoolboy pin on him. One, two, three. And the place just erupts because nobody was expecting him to win win that match. And then Cage destroys him after the match and he has to be helped to the back. But just an amazing mouth and a a fun, you know, it's that kind of match where you watch and you realize you enjoy it, but it's not going to get, you know, it's not going to get a high star rating from anybody. It's, It's a... It's what I like to call the Toru Yano match in a tournament. Guy gets destroyed for 90%, and and the, the mid-card mouthy dick heel gets a roll-up for the win. It was great. I loved it. And so this is where, apparently, and you'll let us kind of know what happened with the whole Super Dragons thing, but we finally had Mount Rushmore 2.0 intact in a match in PWG. All four members, Roderick Strong, Super Dragon, and the Young Bucks. Mm-hmm. Defeating Angelico, Phoenix, Rich Swan, and Ricochet. So we basically, I mean, we had the full team here. What happened with Super Dragon? Well, from the looks of it, yeah, it was weird because they set this up because Excalibur said he had four guys in the locker, or he had a whole locker room full of guys he could get. And it started out with, uh, I guess, the Bucks came out to, or Roddy came out to Phoenix's music, and then Phoenix... After 2.0 was out there, Phoenix came out to fight, and then the NRC machine guns, followed by Angelico or vice versa or whatnot. And then, you know, it kind of goes and devolves into the, you know, the crazy dives and and the athletic stuff. And at some point, uh, I forget who was in the corner, but Super Dragon goes running at the turnbuckle and does the dive, uh, misses the guy and ends up diving through the center rope, uh, through the turnbuckle to the floor. And it was reported that he tore his ACL, but it seemed like he had a concussion. We didn't see him for the rest of the night. Uh, the the match, you know, continued for a very short time, and and then strong one with the uh, with the end of heartache. But uh, but for the posing in the match, uh, Super Dragon was nowhere to be found at at, at that point, and, and was gone. But it looks like that was the move that that really uh, that that took him out. So after all this, and after getting win after win after win at PWG Bola, Mount Rushmore 2.0 could already be over. 
It could be, but then, you know, you might get a replacement of some kind. Maybe get a replacement, but then, yeah, sell new shirts. Sell new yeah. shirts with the new face on the front there. Why not? I, you know, hero, maybe, you know, yeah. since he's a mainstay and a big guy. Heck, put sexy. I'd like to see a heel Zack Sabre Jr. run. Why not? In Zack Sabre Jr., the news coming out of this. Uh, actually, we'll, we'll do that when we get to the final. So uh, we mm-hmm. had our semifinals here. Chris yes. Hero defeating Jack Evans. Mike Bailey defeating Will Ospreay. And Zack Sabre Jr. defeating Marty Skrull. So the final was going to be Hero versus Bailey versus Sabre. Mm-hmm. And uh, Chris Hero uh, on, I can't remember if it was Tremendous or if it was Mystery Vortex, but Chris Hero just had that huge match with Mike Bailey that Mike Bailey got a squeaker win yes. from. So uh, yes. did they play off of that one when we get to the final here uh, is what I'll want to know. In fact, let's talk about the final. There's one more match where we're going to get to the 10 man that was in between. I want to talk about on the lead up to the, to that because those those matches talk about them. Two of the three were great. I mean, Hero and Evans. Yeah. Uh, let me abs- let me guess the one you say isn't great. The Zack Saber Junior match. You are burying Zack Saber all I over am the not place. Burying him. I just think there were some choices made that were that could have been better. I think. And and and, and I've already admit I'm not the biggest Zack Saber Junior fan in the world. I like what he does, and what he does, he does phenomenal. All right, Hero and Evans. Hero and Evans was 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 fantastic. It, 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 you know, Jack Evans comes out bandaged head, bandaged ribs, just bandages all over the place. Again, cuts a heel promo on us. On us, cuts a heel promo on on Hero, <laughs> and then and then uh, you know the match starts and he grabs the mic again and he goes, you know what? I'm not even. I'm even better than all of you give me credit for. Not only can this guy not get a three count on me, he can't get a two count on me. So the entire story of the match was Jack Evans getting destroyed for a long, long time and always kicking out at one. <laughs> and and you know what? It started out as a gimmick. And eventually the crowd got yeah. into it and they just loved it and ate it up with a spoon. And it helps and- because after, I mean, three or two and a half days of shows, all with the same people too, no matter how great these people are, you got to have something different to keep people into it. Like, yes. the, you know, this match was, of course, to find out who goes to the final. So, of course, people are going to be interested. But that's a cool little thing. And, and I, it wouldn't shock me if that was Chris Hero's idea. Chris Hero always likes thinking of creative things like this. Wouldn't shock me if it was Jack Evans' idea because he's probably done it in places before. But these two guys who have been around the indie scene for a long, long time know how to keep fans' interest, especially I, I, after long days of action. I think it was just playing into the story established in the cage match of the mid-card heel who has no business getting to the finals, having a bit of hope of getting to the finals. Yeah. And, and played into that. Uh, the, the, the Osprey Mike Bailey. Bailey. Oh, God, this was great. This this is probably my favorite match of the tournament, or you know, it's it's one of them. It's 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 up there. They were great. Uh, my question was when Osprey came to the ring, he jumped into the ring and then he started selling a knee. Now I'm not sure if that was legit or not. Um, I'd like to find that out because it, it played into quite a bit of the match, and he sold it for the entirety of the match, uh, and it seemed innocuous when he when he he kind of did a rope dive into the ring and then he just started like grabbing his knee occasionally so but he also did a a whole ton of aeroback spots will will osprey was was great throughout all three nights uh i i just want to know if if uh 
if even despite the knee injury, he was still doing the number of spots he was doing. Uh, a couple of scary... <laughs> Mike Bailey does these apron bumps that are going to shorten his life if he's not careful. <laughs> but that was a fun match. And, and my problem with the Zack Sabre Jr. Marty Skrull match was that it was just too long. It was 25, 26 minutes long. And even up until about 20 minutes, they're still kind of doing comedy with the audience. And it was, you know, it was mostly chicken wing to uh, arm bar reversal. Chicken wing to arm bar reversal. I've heard it's a style, it might have been a world of sports style match, which is fine. But it was it was a little cutesy for my taste. And it was a little long given the fact that, yeah, most of us had been out there since either noon or one o'clock and more about you know, four and a half hours into the card right now. It was just too long for a, for a semifinal match to be 26 minutes of this variety of, of reversals of, you know, wrist locks and things. Yeah, I know. So it, it dragged. Following it along on Twitter, people were, you know, questioning whether those sending tweets out, like, lost internet service or something because, like, it was 25 minutes in between updates, so everyone's wondering, like, there's no way they could be going this long in a semifinal after all these matches, but no, yeah. we indeed found out it was I'm, so. And, and, Rob, I am not bearing Zack Sabre Jr. That's it's fine. Just, he's, he's not my style how, of guy to watch. How late did night three start? Because it seems like there was an advertised bell time, and people weren't even coming into the building at the advertised bell time. No, it wasn't. We started, it, the advertised bell time was five. I had gotten there at noon because I was general admission mission that night uh-huh. um and it started around 6 30 okay and so you so you were in line for five hours mm-hmm. wow did you get an okay seat yeah oh good for you and me and a friend of a mutual friend of ours uh, eric barnes uh passed the time in line oh cool Nesbo, the board good 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 uh yeah. we have so we'll get to the final we'll do this 10-man tag because this 10-man it started out as an eight-man tag Yes, it did. Trent Beretta, Aerostar, Drew Galloway, and Drew Gulak going up against Timothy Thatcher, Drago, Mark Andrews, and Andrew Everett. But it would not stay as an eight-man because we had two somewhat mystery partners. One join each team. Chuck Taylor joining his buddy Trent and Tommaso Ciampa joining the team led by Timothy Thatcher. So this became a ten-man with... What I understand to be another long slow motion spot, possibly the last in the PWG career of Chuck Taylor. Yes, a very, very long one. Uh, Slow motion chants, uh, slow motion ball shots, (laughs) a lot of meta wrestling comedy here. Um, A a point where Andrew Everett and Mark Andrews are both on the top rope (laughs) after a long time of the slow motion stuff, and they just both went, we can't really do slow motion from this point which, of course, got a big laugh. Um, Lots of aerial dives outside, um, including Drew Galloway doing a a tope over the top rope, which was insane given his size, but no, he he ran and did it, and it was awesome. Um, And the downside of it was it killed the crowd for the final because the crowd loved this match because it was all about... You know, it, it, it was it, fun. It, it goes to the self-referentialness mm-hmm. of what they like. The teams were just so mishmash, but still, you know, 
even when guys had to work certain styles with other guys they weren't used to, it was still a lot of fun. This is a comedy match. It's a fun comedy match. It's going to go great on the DVD, and people are going to love it. And people loved it. People were clamoring for Chuck Taylor to enter this match, and he you know, ripped off his shirt to, to, to the cheers of thousands. And the name of their team was either Five Man Band, which Galloway just broke when, he, when he, they said they were going to say that, or Best Amigos. So, um, yeah, fun, fun match. And the main event, the final, five hours into the show. Yes. Zack Sabre Jr. defeating Chris Hero and Mike Bailey. Uh, this was an elimination match. So who was eliminated first? Uh, speedball. And who eliminated him? Hero. So Hero got his win back, per se. Mm-hmm. So it's very possible, do you think, after watching this match, that Chris Hero and Mike Bailey might have another confrontation down the line. Yes. Okay. And it'll, and it'll be awesome because, I mean, well, the story of the tournament was him doing the the, the David versus Goliath matches. Uh-huh. Yep. And so to end up in a David versus Goliath rematch after Hero cost him the title, yeah, I could totally but see But it's that. interesting, though, because it's David versus Goliath, but David already beat Goliath. Yeah, but, you know, we'll see. I, I don't, I, I couldn't tell you for sure. I, I you know, it wasn't a... You know, it was an earned win, let's put it that way, as opposed to, say, a cheap win of sure. some kind. Absolutely. So um, Zack Sabre Saber gets the win here. He taps yes. out Chris Hero to get yes. the win. Um, and Zack Sabre Jr. makes an announcement after the match. Yes. And what was that announcement, Jeff? <laughs> that they're all going to go drinking? <laughs> Zack Sabre said he's moving to California. That, that's what, yeah. And will be based in the United States, so he is no longer an English wrestler. Forget about that part of it. That's <laughs> yeah, a pretty big part, because he's going to California, which is a weird spot when you're based out of Cali. But I didn't I didn't know if it was true or if, it, if he was just saying he liked it so much here he was going to move here. You know, that kind of thing. Okay, yeah, so he may not actually be moving. Then. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know if he's actually moving or not. It just it seems like the kind of thing where you say it to get the the pop from the crowd rather than an actual, you know, news flash. I'll believe it when I see it. I'd love for him to move out here. It'd be great out here. But uh, now th- this one, it had, you know, we're already five hours in and it starts out with a little bit of comedy with hero going to watch the match on the outside and sit on someone's lap. And then, you know, Bailey follows suit and then, or not Bailey, but you know, Zack Sabre follows suit and then Bailey goes, sits on Rick Knox's knee. You know, and then it goes into, Various chain wrestling with two guys getting moves on Hero and vice versa, like a giant game of Twister for about 10 minutes. So it started out a little slow, and the crowd was exhausted. And and there was very, I mean, they tried to to bring some life to it, but just it it come it may come off bad on the DVD. Um, still a fun match to watch. A lot of reversals. You know, it, it was it was all three guys wrestling a Zack Saber Jr. match. Um. So Zack Sabre gets the win. He is your PWG Battle of Los Angeles yeah. champion. So a championship match comes his way mm-hmm. in the future. Uh, so we'll find out what's going on with Zack Sabre Jr. there. What do you think the odds are that Zack Sabre will become the PWG champion in his first title challenge? It's his second title challenge. I went to the first no, one. No, I mean his first one post-Bola. Oh, first one like post- it's, it's not going to be, I don't see Zack Sabre getting a title challenge. He fails. And then a second one. I want the first oh. challenge after Bola here. Does okay, he win? Does he lose? Yes, he wins. He wins. There's, there's no there's no question about it. Because the story is, 
lost the first match against yeah. Roddy, loses the match on night one to Roddy and, and Bola night and night one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he takes the fall. Night two, he he, uh, he beats the 2014 winner of Bola, Ricochet. Night three, he overcomes, you know, favorites and and scrappy underdogs to win it all. He's winning the title, it, winning especially especially the if he if he moves to California. Especially if he's moving. Now, I was looking yeah. up flights because, of <laughs> course, Zack Saber Jr. is a regular in pro wrestling Noah. So yes. he makes quite the, uh, you know, few trips to Japan all the time. Flights from London to Tokyo are 11 and a half hours and a little bit more expensive than the same 11 and a half hour flight from Los Angeles to Tokyo. Mm-hmm. So he's not losing any time and it might be a little bit cheaper. The problem, though, is if Zack Sabre's looking to pick up, pick up all those Evolve bookings, I don't know if he uh, gets as many. Right. As he had, if he's picking up, you know, East Coast dates in the U.S. So he very, very, uh, very well may have just been saying that he might move there because he likes it so much. It was a warm. I mean, did they break 100 degrees in Los Angeles this weekend? Yeah. All right. Every day. And uh, I would say so. Yes. So your health now we get the health. We were in eight after night one. We were a six after night two after night three post show. When that final bell rang and the show was over, Jeff Hawkins on a scale of one to ten. Where were you? We were at a two. <laughs> it was midnight. So uh, Battle, not, Battle of I Los Angeles is not even, it's not wearing down just the wrestlers. It's wearing no. down the fans also. Well, you know, I mean, and, and you know, a couple people I saw taking a bit of a doze <laughs> in the crowd or during intermission. Um, no, but but the uh, but post-win uh, when he had the trophy and Roddy came out and whatever, uh, all the British wrestlers came out to celebrate with, with Zach, so that was cool. So you had Galloway and Skrull, and Osprey, and Mark Andrews, and Tommy End. Well, Tommy End's uh, from Holland, but he came out, I believe, as well. But all the European wrestlers came out to celebrate as a kind of a victory for Europe. So that was, uh, that was a cool little moment as well. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting, interesting. Why? I don't know. just is. <laughs> I bet you set me up for something. Team... Well, what I was trying to do is take all the uh, last names of the Europeans oh, who came okay. out to celebrate with Saber to give them a WWE team name. No. And what I've, dr- what I've come up with is So Ages. Team So Ages. Drew Galloway looked like he had... I was shocked he was there for the last night. I thought he was one of these one-night guys. Yeah. But, like, usually, no. but usually those guys are the, like AJ Styles, but usually they're only there on Friday and they fly out on Saturday. And so it was, uh, it's very cool to see him and he looked like he had a blast both nights. So that was, that was nice to see. Yeah. Drew uh, Galloway getting the, uh, so he, he wasn't there. Was he in a match on Friday? No. Right, and so he was, was, and he right. wasn't meeting with, I don't think he had like, he wasn't like everybody else and selling his wares and stuff and outside kind of hobnobbing with guys. So he was kind of a special attraction type thing. Yeah. It is a special attraction. I think he, the, you know, Drew Galloway hasn't lost any luster. Since a couple getting of fired uh, from WWE. It's been a year or two. You would think yeah. sometimes after a year they kind of lose it. But Galloway is kind of he's acclimated himself. He's acclimated himself to the indie scene. People are starting to see him as a big indie name. Yeah, not to get into who's in the crowd and whatnot, but, but I don't just, I don't want to no, get no, no, into no, who's just, in the just crowd. a just a just a wrestling one. 
not not a not a celebrity one or anything like that. But night one, it was really cool that Human Tornado was in the crowd because he's an old school PWG guy yeah. and from when I used to go. So it was nice to see him uh, out. Human, and, human Torpedo, Rey Mysterio, Conan, all yeah. uh, all in the building for various times. Mm-hmm. And the Battle of Los Angeles. So overall, your experience on a scale of one to ten, Jeff, where'd you rate this year's Bola? Oh, uh, at least a nine, high eight, nine. Nice. Yes. Yeah. So, I know I enjoyed myself. I enjoy wrestling. I just, you know, when I, when I talk about, it, I want to be fair. I don't, I don't want to be, Oh, this was awesome. Oh, this was, you know, I want to be, you know, even handed in terms of things and sure. things I enjoyed and things I didn't enjoy. Um, I'm not gonna, I, I wouldn't go so far as to say, yes, there were, it was better than WrestleMania, but, <laughs> but it was pretty darn fun. I, I had, I had a blast. So our show is available on voices of wrestling.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and so on. Oftentimes on previous shows for the last month or two, you've heard that we're on YouTube also. Mm. We're on YouTube.com slash Voices of Wrestling. Well, we haven't been posting the full audio shows for the last couple of weeks because as you may be aware of, if you've listened to shows around a month ago, New Japan Pro Wrestling, when I was doing the uh, New Japan G1 daily video recaps, Mm -hmm. they filed a DMCA takedown notice. Yes, the Yakuza was coming after you. A copyright act was placed <laughs> against me, and our YouTube channel was given two strikes of two. a possible three. Two strikes. Two strikes. Of a possible three, meaning mm. we could no longer upload videos of longer than 15 minutes, meaning we had a lot of different restrictions placed on the YouTube channel. So that was all going around around a, a month ago. Okay. Immediately following, I placed a counter notification countering New Japan's claim and trying to get the videos back up on the YouTube page and try to get those restrictions taken away. Now well, help me here. What is the basis of your counterclaim? The basis of my counterclaim was I don't think New Japan is going to sue me. Okay. And I had somewhat of a basis for fair use. It could have been argued. I don't, I don't know if I would have won, but I, it could have been argued. All right. And we had also contacted New Japan. They have, uh, when they file a claim like that, YouTube gets you their email. So you can mm-hmm. email back and forth. And I emailed the the email address that YouTube had for them and told them, okay, well, uh, can you retract these? If not, I'll fire, uh, you know, we can file a counterclaim. I believe they're fair use, blah, blah, blah. I will remove the videos regardless. And I put out of respect, hoping that respect would come into this. That would remove the videos, even if you retracted it. I didn't need the videos up. And plus, by this time, by the way, the G1 was over when we started this, you know, know, So you're working them. You're working them. Well, uh, no, I mean, kind of, (laughs) kind of, you know, I mean, let's face it. You know, I got to get these, I got to get these restrictions off of me and I don't want them because they would have lasted for a year. Break these chains. I would have had to break that. And I didn't want these restrictions on me. So I emailed them. We get a little response that kind of read... Like either the email wasn't translated well, if it was in fact someone who did not speak English replying, or it was an automated type message that they just sent out. And without going into details on the entire message, basically what I got out of it is they weren't going to retract, but they weren't going to go further. Okay. So with them saying they weren't going to go further, not acknowledging the fact that I said I would take them down. I I don't even know if they, you know, they meant maybe that they weren't going to go further as far as talking to me. Like they 
weren't going to, you know, take my emails into account and they actually could have gone further as far as, you know, stopping me from uploading the videos. I'm not exactly sure. So what I did after I got that email response and it was the only email response I ever got. I filed the counter notification on every video that was striked. Put the reasoning why. After a week, YouTube accepted the counterclaim because you have to put in a reason why you're countering and YouTube had before it even goes to the the claimant. YouTube has to acknowledge that that's a valuable claim and approve the counterclaim. So YouTube mm-hmm. did that. It goes to New Japan. I have to wait 14 business days. They have 14 business days to either sue me in U.S. federal court, which would have required New Japan lawyers or Bushi Road lawyers to travel to Hammond, Indiana to file a claim. <laughs> I want to see that. I thought the likelihood of that <laughs> happening was not very, you know, optimistic. I felt like that was not going to happen, especially okay. for a small claim like this. After doing a lot of research, after doing a lot of, you know, people who have filed DMCA claims and all this stuff and had them filed against them, I thought that was not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Although I did get a little scared when I realized as I was doing this that, oh, you know what? New Japan's coming to the U.S. Like, uh, I made this a little... <laughs> and they're little, making a stop at Rob's house. Made this a little bit easier for them. But they, I mean, they got offices in California, so I didn't think and they were going to come from there. But my friend Minoru Suzuki? He's here to talk to you about your... I, w- I was making sure that I was always walking in public places with another person. I was not going to get clipped. <laughs> so... 14 days go by, and about three days ago, got the email from YouTube saying that the takedown notice has been uh, taken or retracted, if you will, or that it's no longer in effect. And YouTube was restoring the videos and removing all of the strikes against the account. So, in a way, we won. Woohoo! USA! USA! I did stand by it because the G1 now is a month over, and we did the final G1 review. That basically gave the standings and everything from the entire tournament. So, like, I am going to honor what I was going to originally intend to do. I did delete manually all of the previous G1 recap videos. I kept up the final night. I kept up the audio that Rich and Joe and I did of the midway point. I kept up the preview. But I removed each daily video. At my own doing. We were not forced to remove them after after all. So I removed those. Our account's in good standing. We can upload the shows again. Um, and all this happened, too, when I was trying to upload our post-show that we recorded from last week. So that post-show never did go up because there was a lot of account stuff going on. Um, by now, it's a little too late because most of the post-show was spent previewing BOLA. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to do that. We'll do a post-show that will be up on the YouTube page on Thursday. So uh, this episode's post-show will be up on Thursday with Jeff and I discussing uh, different things after recording this episode. So youtube.com slash voices of wrestling. The account is back to normal. Mm-hmm. We fought the law and we won. What does this mean for the future of other videos, Rob? So, well, basically it means that the future is open. We can go back to plans like uh, Rich was doing uh, with one of his friends, the, the let's play the little squashing button series. Yeah. At the voices of wrestling website. And he was all uh, let's, I'm going to, you know, take you behind the curtain a little bit. Rich was pissed at me. Really? I think so. Rich does not seem like a man who would get pissed. He didn't get pissed, but I can tell with what he was saying early on when he saw the takedown notice, because he saw it the day after I did. So I knew we just got taken down. Mm -hmm. He saw it the day after. 
And, you know, he was saying some different things and he was upset because what he was going to do with the Let's Play videos that you can go see at our YouTube channel, uh, where he and his buddy play WrestleMania 2000, the video game, a very fun game from Nintendo 64. Uh, but he had recorded those videos in about 25 to 30 minute time frames. So each video was going to be about a half an hour. So right. when this DMCA takedown notice came about, we couldn't upload those videos. Mm. They had to be clipped into under 15 minutes. So that was not settling. And I was upset too, let's be real. But I was kind of taking the approach like I could fix this. You know, it was, I mean, really, it was something we thought might happen before we even started the videos. We were just hoping it didn't, but it did. But we fought him. We got him back up. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're happy again now. We're happy again now. Hold on, let me write something down. Let's see. Rich and Rob have heat. Use for later. Okay, okay. good. Yeah, Let's continue. You, you, keep that, you keep that in mind. <laughs> I have an enemies list. No, I don't. If we're not doing Shake Them Ropes next week, it's because <laughs> kayfabe, which is a legitimate word in the Oxford Dictionary now, yes. has been broken. <laughs> top 50, or top 100, sorry. Not yet. Not yet? In fact, the top 100 match is going to happen next week. <laughs> we don't have time for it. You made me watch it. <laughs> I, well, I watched it too. We just don't have time for it now. Because okay. we talked 50 minutes of Bola, 10 minutes of YouTube. We still got Samoa Joe to talk about. Oh, and it, we okay. got, uh, what else do we got to talk about? What did I write down here for night two? We got YouTube out of the way. Okay. We got Bola out of the way. I wrote down Raw. Was there anything big from Raw we need to discuss outside of the fact that Charlotte is the number one contender for the Divas Championship coming at Night of Champions? And Seth Rollins is indeed wrestling twice on the show. <laughs> you want nitpicky stuff or just big I don't stuff? want nitpicky stuff. I want thoughts on the big angles. I want thoughts on Seth Rollins is wrestling John Cena and Sting in separate matches for the US and world title. He's the guy to do it if you're going to do it. And we but got Yeah, that's great. Were you surprised at all that Charlotte is indeed getting the singles match after weeks and weeks of seemingly Becky being the one they were focusing on? Oh, well, let me backtrack real quick on the Sting thing. No, stop backtracking. When I move on, you move on. Let's go. <laughs> the Charlotte, the Divas <laughs> Championship. Yes, especially in the way they did the beat the clock match. The problem is with the Nikki Bella clock that sets up either a return or a debut or a surprise. And you can't do that with Sasha. Charlotte has to lose this match at Night of Champions, right? She has to lose it she, so I mean, that Nikki can get the record. I honestly, well, no, she's going to get the record anyway. Okay. Her record comes before Night of Champions. Oh, does it? Okay. Yes. Her record would have to be broken on Raw. Now, this is where... They might build some more tension between Team PCB if somehow Becky or Paige gets a championship match on a Raw, like swindle their way into a Raw championship match, and they win, and then a member of Team PCB faces Charlotte for the title at Night of Champions. I don't know if that'll happen, but yeah, Nikki's getting the record unless she loses the title on the Raw before Night of Champions. In fact, two Raws before Night of Champions. Huh. See, because I, I think... You know, the, the first thing I thought when I saw the giant clock is that none of these women involved in this angle are going to be taking the belt off of Nikki. <laughs> I think it, you know, and I don't know why, but I think it might be Natalia who will then give it to one of the people who were brought up. That's just my thinking. Could be. I mean, I just, you're debuting this clock, but unless there's some type of, uh, unless they're just going to celebrate it, what was the clock? 14 days? Yeah. So, I mean, in two Raws, they can celebrate it and maybe that's the heat angle. 
okay. where they beat down Nikki or they do something to ruin the celebration. And then you have the heat going into uh, the actual pay-per-view. I don't know. So the, the actual record may be a foregone conclusion mm. that she's getting it. Yeah. We just got to see if she can lose it right after getting the record. And I just think it was a bad idea to do a beat the clock with women who had complained about have, only having three-minute matches, and then the top match in there is three minutes. That's a bad idea. Yeah. Well, at least in this, I mean, they're complaining not just about matches, but time. In in storyline, they're not mm. really complaining about match time, because in theory, you would want to win as fast as possible. Right. Like, in, in storyline, you're not going to go out there and say, I want 15-minute matches, because you don't control how long the match goes. You either win or lose when you win or lose. But in yeah. theory, behind the scenes, of course, they want more time. So they got short time. It plays into the beat the clock. Uh, I don't mind the way they did it. I kind of I kind of like the way that they actually did, like, the fact that Paige was the last match and she didn't beat Charlotte's fine. time. That was fine. I was perfectly fine with that. Because I think okay. that builds even more tension. Now, what I would like them to do is in these beat the clock matches, you know, finish the match. Yes. It shouldn't be an easy way out to, you know, because they put Sasha Banks in there and... And she didn't need to be in there, to be honest with you. Right. I don't think she needed to be there, especially, I mean, it's so funny. again, that depends on who they're going to the belt to. If they're going to give it to Sasha, well, if she's the girl, it's then... It's so funny with Sasha because she hurt herself at TakeOver. Uh, during the no. Reverse, during the reverse, reverse runner, she, she hurt said she her. was okay. Right. But she wasn't. They had her You're wrestle sure. a minute on Sunday and not at all on Monday. And then they've kept her quiet for most of the weekend on on live events. And on TV, she's not been wrestling that much. Now, she's okay to the point where she can get in the ring. They haven't kept her out of the ring. But they're trying to take it easy on her. So some of these complaints may not have been valid that we've had about how Sasha didn't do much. They're trying to take it easy on her so she doesn't further injure herself even though she's okay. They're just giving her time to breathe. Because honestly, right now, she doesn't have to be doing long matches. Someone does. But it doesn't have to be Sasha. Mm-hmm. No, nope, and, you know, the only other angle kind of progression here, they're going to have to tread lightly on this Dolph Ziggler thing <laughs> with the sexual harassment implications and whatnot, given, yeah, that our, was, that given was just, our society. That's, that was it's, just it's weird. Be, I mean, there was, there was just some weird stuff on this show, and they keep going mm-hmm. weird with Dolph Ziggler and Summer Rae. You know what? I'm, I'm, I thought, the, but uh, the Divas thing, uh, I thought the, I was pleasantly surprised by the Becky Lynch inset promo. I mean, for what they do on PG, I was so afraid they were going to go into the uh, puns and, and weirdness, you know, cyborg thing. I thought that kind of helped her quite a bit, as opposed to, say, the Flair inset promo, which did nothing for her. So when do you think they're going to do Triple H and Seth? Do you think it happens as early as Survivor Series, or do they hold it off to WrestleMania? A serious question, because they're doing that match. No, I know they are, and I I, I hated everything about that. But um, I think they're probably going to do it for Survivor Series. Because that, yeah, that's pretty quick, and I could see that that may be the case. Um, And you would think Triple H would maybe have, like, Seth Rollins, to me, seems still like a kind of small match for Triple H to have at a WrestleMania. But maybe yeah. they would want to change the perception. Yeah. Maybe they want to change the perception of Seth Rollins and have Triple H versus Seth Rollins at the biggest WrestleMania of all time. I don't know, but Survivor Series seems kind of likely. Maybe Royal Rumble. Yeah, um, I, I think it's going to be Survivor Series, and I think he's, I think probably Seth is going to find a way to weasel a win. Survivor Series this year also is happening in Atlanta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Do you think Sting sticks around? and is one of the main participants in a match at the Atlanta Survivor Series. You know what? This could be setting up a rematch for Survivor Series and then put off the Hunter match for a Rumble. 
like you were saying. Maybe. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, there are options. A Sting would still be a draw in Atlanta, I think. I don't know. I don't know if he would be it any might be more too than much normal, time. but... Uh, it, might, it might be too much time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a long time since, you know, Atlanta. I, like, I, I don't know if Ric Flair is an extra draw in North Carolina anymore. No, no, probably not. Yeah, so we'll see about that one. Now, have you ever played this WWE Supercard game? No, no. This app? No. I'm interested, if any of you out there are listening to the show and have ever played Supercard, uh, hit us up on Twitter at ShakeThemRopes. Rob at VoicesOfWrestling.com is the email if you would rather go private. Um, I just downloaded this game when they announced the new cards and the new season. Like, 2K makes this game, and it comes out, and they... Because of the Stephanie card? They Well, no, no, no. I'm not... This isn't a Stephanie thing. This is just the game. So I download it. I'm interested because it's been a year. It's been out for at least a year. And Mm -hmm. people talk about it. And I see every once in a while on occasion a Twitter post about what card they got on Supercard or something like that. So I finally downloaded it just out of curiosity to see what it was all about. Mm -hmm. I can't stop playing this game. Like, I have a problem. Like I'm not a gamer. I don't own a game. So this system. is your magic. So this is your Magic the Gathering. See, I played. Uh, I never played Magic the Gathering. It was too complicated for me because I'm dumb. I played Pokemon. Wait, make that a drop. <laughs> I played Pokemon in school when there was a big Pokemon phase. I was like uh, in seventh grade, and like sixth sixth grade was the yo-yo phase in our school, and seventh <sighs> okay. grade was the Pokemon phase. And then eighth grade was the, okay, let's stop doing stupid kitty shit phase. Okay. But I was playing Pokemon, never magic, but it's kind of like that. You get these cards, you play against others. It's very quick. You don't have to think it's, a lot it's about like, it. It's, it's like war. Yeah. But I can yeah. see, like, there are, uh, you could play this game. And like most successful games now, the game itself is free. And you convince people they have to pay for in-app purchases to get themselves right. better because... You want to be competitive. You want to be better. Yes. And there's a definite advantage if you do pay for stuff uh-huh. to get cards to get better. And I won't ever pay for anything in this app. I'm not that addicted. Anymore. But I want to know. No, ever. <laughs> like, I'll play this game. Like, I, like, I'm in one of these King of the Ring gimmicks right now, and it's going <laughs> to end, like, at 730, which is 20 minutes from now. And I'm like, I have to get the show over before this thing ends. Not really. That's why we're not doing the top hundred, man. No, so we're not. We're not doing it because I have I have a fantasy football draft at eight. <laughs> you are such a dork. I have a fantasy football draft at eight, and I couldn't tell you, I couldn't like name everyone who would go in the first round. Like I don't know anything about football this year. I'm gonna have to go on who was good last year because I don't know who's gonna be good this year. I don't know anything about the rookies. I don't know. Is Adrian Peterson playing? I guess I'll pick him first. I don't know. Oh, no, don't pick him first. And also, don't, well, I mean, Jordy, Jordy Nelson's out for the year. Just know that much. Jordy Nelson's out for the year. Randall Cobb might play in week one. And, I mean, I don't know who the quarterbacks that are going to be good, so I'll probably go safe and just pick Tom Brady. And hope He's he doesn't a- get suspended. Oh. I don't know. I don't know. I have a fantasy football draft, though, but, like, I am complete nerddom. Well, then we should wrap up the show. This week. So it's insane, like fantasy football in this card game. But I want to know if anyone's playing the card game out there. Uh, so tweet at us. You can call me a dork, whatever. Tweet at him. I don't play this card game. Tweet at me if you have tips, if you want to be helpful, or if you just want to troll. 
Just tweet at me. And then I wanted to ask you this, and we'll close on this one. Okay. Samoa Joe. Yes. A question has been raised. We've raised this question about others before. We raised it about the Ascension last year. Mm-hmm. We raised it about Finn Balor as recently as last week. Samoa Joe. Will Samoa Joe ever make it to the main roster? And before you answer this question, putting the question that way kind of intimates that it would be bad for Samoa Joe if he didn't make the main roster. Like it's something he's reaching towards. And I don't know if that's the case, but, but the question is, will Samoa Joe ever make it to the main roster? Jeff, what would you say? I think yes, for maybe a very short program. Now you're yes, because I think this is the only way I would say yes, is if, if the question is, will he make it to the main roster like once or twice and be on a main show? I think that's probably a given. Everyone goes on the main show once or twice. So you mean a regular working... But he is a main roster guy who's no longer an NXT guy. He's Kevin Owens. I'll even give you Kevin Owens, because Kevin Owens is still an NXT guy and a main roster guy. He's actually a dual wrestler right now. Mm -hmm. But I will give you... As low as Kevin Owens on the totem pole, I want to know if Samoa Joe will ever be a regular on the main roster. I think yes for maybe a three month run. I think he'll be. I think he'll be that Owens, and and then they'll fact shame him or something. See, I'm gonna go. I would say no that I don't ever and, think he will make it to the main and roster. And you know what? I'm 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 not even positive of my answer because I think as long as Kevin Owens is up there and is getting mocked for his weight i don't think they even look at joe well that too and the fact that okay it's not necessarily a bad thing if he doesn't go right. onto the main roster because samoa joe signed this deal thinking he wasn't even going to be on the nxt roster full-time he was going to come in when they had big shows big house shows and tv and then work wherever he wanted to elsewhere i have doubts that Ballard's going to make the main roster yeah, I still have doubts because, about that too. Because, until because until he's need, no longer a big thing in NXT, eventually a, he'll have to go yeah, up. Because you need a draw in NXT. That entrance works in small houses. I mean, I, I had a joke tweet, but now you know it's kind of cool. I'd sign up all the former Generation Next guys and just feud them one after another to cut promos on Balor and have great matches with them and run them out a bit, and you know, and build Balor to help build Balor more because they're not doing much to help build him as a character. Yeah, he's, I, he's an entrance, I, as people have said. I just don't think it's a bad thing to say that Samoa Joe won't ever make it to the main roster. I don't think there should be a negative connotation there because maybe that's all he wants. Maybe he wants the few dates. Maybe he wants the I, light work schedule so he can do other things in in entertainment. I could see him coming up even for like a one shot in this in this Shield versus Wyatt family feud as the third guy. He could maybe, and maybe, you know, maybe he will one day just find the right place. Maybe there's the right angle that Samoa Joe fits perfectly for, and they'll, they'll have him come up and be a regular on the main roster. Maybe that's the case. I don't think it's a bad thing though. If he doesn't make it per se, because he has his purpose, his purpose is to come in and be on the big shows of NXT to be one of the solid draws to help bid young guys. He's got this veteran presence. He's been around the world. So he is a multifaceted name for NXT. And the only sad part about that is then you don't really make the money of the main roster. But I think Joe has a sweet deal. Well, that's so. what I'm saying, though. I think he's got a pretty good deal to come in for this NXT gig. And it allows him to still do stuff outside of WWE. Not yeah. necessarily indie shows. I'm talking like voiceover work or entertainment projects. Like, that's the stuff that he's wanting to get into. I mean, this... Broadway shows. Yeah, sure. Yeah, well, anything. Well, he's done. <laughs> he's done voiceover work. He's been in movies. Huh. 
he has done stuff like this. He has a better resume than I do. This stinks. Well, he absolutely does. <laughs> I would put his second CM Punk matchup against anything you've done, Jeff. Well, you know, I, I have bad work rate and I only have one style of match. Right. I mean, God, I had to reprimand you for breaking show kayfabe earlier in the show. <laughs> not moving on. And I'm not going to edit that out. I want the world to see how much of an asshole I am. Oh, how? We, we pretty much know it. Yeah. I'm sad. I'm, not, I'm really a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> you are. Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only. Plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.